I will spend one dollar. And in return, I will get tangible uh, financial benefit. I will get $100. Intangible benefit, people, my people, the state senator, my people, will access and benefit the best ever healthcare services that I will call this ministry at the best ever healthcare provider. It feels like it's at least 100 degrees out today. I know it's 100% humidity, and in this tank, it's even hotter. Japanese tanks, there's probably 10 of them in a row here. They took over the island of Pompeii. They were in control for many years during the war, before the war and during the war. And General Douglas MacArthur, they had a plan. They were going to try and recapture the islands. What they did is they called island hopping. They'd They'd bomb and they'd, they'd take over one island, then they'd skip the next island, go on to the next one, then they'd skip the next island and so on. And they'd end up then with blockades. The Japanese here, they, they ended up, the blockades were so severe, they finally had no ammunition to shoot at planes anymore. They had no food. They went into the, the towns and the villages and they created havoc with the people. They treated them so terribly. War is absolutely a horrible thing. Hey, Mr. B, that was kind of fun. Tell me about your family was here on the islands at that time. What was it like to have the Japanese here taking over your home and everything else? Uh, the Japanese, you know, they, they made the people really work. If you don't work, they really punished you. And uh, you make a mistake, they really punished you. And punish, in this case, means what, maybe? Beating. If a group, of, a group works in a company and something is stolen in the company, if there are 15 or 20 of them, all of them are beaten. If nobody confessed, they beat them until one of them will confess. And I heard from my father that one time, the place where he was working, there were like seven or eight of them, and something was stolen there. So what they did, they tie their legs up, their heads down, and this uh, Japanese uh, soldier start kicking them and beating them with his gun and all those kind of things. And uh, finally, one of them cursed, Ponapen, he cursed the rest of the people. He said, why you people are scared? So he confessed that he was the one who did it, but he, he was not the one. He really wasn't the one, just, no, just to stop the beating. Stop the beating. My, oh my. Tell me any other stories. I mean, we look at all these tanks and, and think of all the, the stuff that went on here. Anything else you can think of from, from the family that went on during this oh, time? During the war, because the Americans, they don't land here. All they do is they just bomb. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, you know, my mother and my father, they used to tell me that there are some caves when there is a 
the Japanese will know that planes are coming. There is a siren, they call it siren. And that thing will make noise. Everyone will start running, hiding. And uh, the Americans will come in and just bomb everything. You know, there are some islands here where they have guns, and maybe even here. If you go to Sokes, you will see the marks of all these bombs. They just bomb everywhere. And uh, uh, even some of the locals were hurt. I have a relative in one of the islands. You know, my mother told us that he was uh, putting touch roof on his house, and this plane came in and just started shooting. And wow. probably he thought this was a Japanese that they shot that guy. She said that the intestines were hanging <laughs> during, you know, during the that time. But after the war, when the Americans came in, they asked all the locals, those people who were hurt during the Japanese time, and they gave lots of money to those people who were hurt. If they destroy your properties, your house, and things like that, there was money, I think they got it from the United Nations, that helped the local people. Okay. During, during the time of the war, how many Japanese, do you know how many Japanese were here on the island? Uh, I'm not sure how many on Pompeii, but there were more Japanese than the locals here. Really? Yeah. That, were, that's because when lot. they came in, they did not come to go back. They, they were planning to make these islands part of Japan. So the population of the Japanese here were doubled. The people uh, on the, you know, like Marshall, Pompeii, Chuk, uh, Guam, and all those islands. There were the number top. Wow. And Bonapen, the highest job they can get is a secretary. Either secretary or policeman. They cannot go higher than that. And the schooling is only fourth grade. Now, that was then or now? During Japanese. During Japanese yeah. occupation. You cannot go higher than uh, fourth grade. But in fourth grade, what they learn is carpentry. Well, this is an arduous climb up to the top of this mountain, but it's gonna be worth it. Wait till you see what we find at the top. Come on, follow me. This stuff is so big. What is it? Well, you may recognize it, bamboo. Bamboo, how did it get here? It wasn't indigenous to this island. The Japanese planted it. When the Japanese occupied the island, especially up here on the top of this mountain where they placed many guns. Come on, follow me. Let's go check it out. I was here about five years ago. Everything has grown over. The jungle grows so rapidly. It, they, they chop things down every year for people to be able to see this. What is it? It's, it's one of the gun emplacements of the Japanese army, able to reach clear out on the harbor and beyond. You see the ships out there right now? Probably no problem for these guns. However, no American ships ever showed up. They just sat here and I don't know that they fired any rounds. Okay, I want you to follow me now. I'm going to get down and head over this way, show you something else. Okay. 
Now, I wanted to bring you over here and show you this area. This is where all the uh, munitions were stored. And on top of this area too, there's a machine gun area. It's all overgrown, but there's still, the bottom line is there's still remnants of war. War scars, war tears apart. It's a sad situation where we are still today on planet Earth, but I believe Jesus is going to take care of all that very soon. You know, the beauty is absolutely stunning. We've got a lot more for you, so don't go away. We'll be right back. Can you imagine having most of your front teeth rotted out? They've been that way for years and you have no hope of relief because the area dentists don't have the special training needed to tackle such a major task. That was the situation of Senator Shelton. He heard our Canvasback super team was coming to the island and he decided to visit the clinic. Our dental specialist took one look at him and knew it would be a challenge because most of his mouth needed to be reconstructed. Our Canvasback super teams excel in the hard to accomplish category. It was a special training day for local dentists as they crowded around the chair observing. And it was a special day for the patient. When the task was finished, he looked 20 years younger. He told us his wife didn't even recognize him when he got home. Please join Canvas Back and help bring smiles back to the island people. Go to canvasback.org. The three biggest killers in the islands of Micronesia are heart disease, stroke, and diabetes. Canvas Back has tackled these issues head on by establishing a wellness center on the atoll of Majuro. People there eat very few vegetables. Now, thanks to Canvas Back, Islanders are learning how to grow gardens in their backyards and to exercise. The lifestyle changes have been so remarkable, the government invited Canvas back to write an entire curriculum for the public school system. Now the lives of the children are changing too, and our trained neighborhood health teams travel the island to monitor glucose levels, heart rate, and blood pressure. It's not uncommon to discover glucose levels of 5 to 600. These people are taken to the hospital and once stabilized, the team begins the education process to reverse their diabetes. That's right, reverse their diabetes. Many island nations are asking us to come over and help them. With your financial help, many more islanders can experience good health. Well, I enjoy uh, working with people like this, dialysis. I enjoy seeing the, the differences that we can do. Uh, uh, and we see different things here. Uh, like the other day we had this huge access to help see it. I know I've had teams in different parts of the world, doctors, dentists, they tell me, I've only seen these things in medical books. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, like the guy that we drained his cheek the other day, remember? Remember that guy that had big swollen cheek? I've been experiencing this uh, rotten teeth affecting the quality of my speech, uh, affecting the, the intake of the food, and uh, experiencing um, infection, calm, what have you. I'm not a dentist, so I don't know. And that yesterday, it's a day, it was a day that I will remember. 
for the rest of my natural life because a day was a day a dream came true that i locally and throughout my indonesia throughout the freely associated states rmi epsm and palau i travel around the uh, islands and i I've been introduced or I was introduced to several with the title dentist. They were not able to correct my uh, tooth handicap. Uh so I gave up hope. So it's okay, it is meant to be. But yesterday I found out that no. There will be a day that a chosen one will come to my rescue to revamp rekindle my declining hope for better in terms of health so this is an example if i am to go on to make up the 110% you're going to stay here for 10 more years <laughs> well i tell you you know You sitting here today with that good-looking smile says says a lot. Oh yes, I went home yesterday and my wife said, "Oh, no other man is allowed to set foot in my house because this house belongs to me and my husband." And I said, "It's me." And she said, "No, no, no. My husband, I used to know him very well because he's ugly." and his teeth front is ugly but no 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 that's that you get out of the way or i will call police i say honey it's me your husband shafton net <laughs> it's hard for me to keep up going here that's wonderful i love I'll it give you that example i love it <laughs> and she said oh let me see your uh, driver's license so i gave her my driver's license and i said okay give me a she required the uh, three what do you call it photo ids so i gave her my driver's license and she said no not enough i need two more so i gave her one of the cards i gave you no 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 so i grabbed my passport i said it is you <laughs> did yes. she let you in the house then finally finally otherwise i would say outside or she will call the police to get me uh, to or get me arrested because trespassing <laughs> what no so what what I've seen so far is your people have a wonderful sense of humor. I I've seen it all over. It's great. Tell me something else with Canvas back. Is there anything you could say to our viewers that would say yes, it's it's a worthwhile thing to do? I have my PhD in management and leadership, international management and leadership. and i got a plus in my uh write up for investment and this morning we were having this meeting and uh, chaki made mention of return of investment acronym of return of in investment is roi and every investment or whoever is doing an inf investment must 
to a financial feasibility assessment study to make sure that that investor will spend $1 to gain $20 or even more. And if you are to give me certain uh, investment uh, proposals for me to look at, among others, I will select the Canvas Pack mission. Why? Because I will spend $1. And in return, I will get tangible financial benefit. I will get $100. Intangible benefit, people, my people, the state senator, my people, will access and benefit the best ever healthcare services that I will call this ministry at the best ever healthcare provider. I've been so excited just as I've interviewed doctors on the team and, and other staff and, and the, all the assistants, they don't maybe not have any more vacation time. They've spent their vacation here, which is astounding, you know, for so many people, you work and you work and work so you can take a vacation. These people work so they can come here and serve. It's exciting to me, and I, I can tell it is for you too. In simple words, the living sacrifice for the betterment of the people in need, indescribable, inexpressible, immeasurable, and my description is inexhaustible. Compass back. Ministry, I cannot do any mathematical formula to figure it out. The love and care of the organizer and of those that listen and respect and obey the invitation, the call of God to go out and to deliver That's the, the ministry. That's the key. And I told them this morning, what I learned from uh, Dr. David yesterday, we, I was talking with him with amazement and surprises, and he told me to mellow me down. He said, sir, remember, God works miraculously and mysteriously. So thank you, Dr. Dave, my hero. Let it be stated in the record. <laughs> Thanks again, Senator. Appreciate it. You're most welcome. Thank you. You've seen the implements of war. You've heard of the cruelty of humanity toward one another. But today, you've also seen the other side of the coin. I like to refer to it as the God side. Those who've been led of God to reach out across the world and help those in need to impact their lives in a positive way, affecting changes that will ripple to the shores of eternity. Rabuti was born blind. That's right, he couldn't see at all. The entire family were his caregivers. Their lives were completely tied to the needs of their little son. The doctors at the hospital lacked the experience to provide him with surgical help. This situation continued for six long years. Making less than $100 per month, 
there was no way to ever afford the surgery. Even if they could fly off island, the surgery in another country could be $12,000. It looked like all hope was gone. Enter the Canvasback Super Team. Rabuti was examined and the surgery was performed. The day the bandages came off, he saw his parents and siblings for the very first time. He and the family were set free. There are more children like Rabuti who are in desperate need. You can change many lives. Please give sight to the blind. Log on to canvasback.org today to give your gift of love. There's a story in the Bible, a prophet, his name is Elijah. It's, it's a very important story because it pertains to us too in many, many ways. See, Elijah was the prophet for Israel. He spoke for God to the children of Israel, but they no longer wanted to listen. God withheld rain for three years by the command of the prophet. And everybody started listening again. You see, when, when blessings are withheld, you begin reaching out to God. When you receive blessings, well, you don't even think about God, but when they're withheld, then you begin paying attention to see if there's something else. And that's what happened with the children of Israel. They begin paying attention. And Elijah said, look, we're going to go up on the mountain. You bring all your false prophets and I'll meet with you up there and we'll see who answers. This answer, this, this quest, it was to build an altar, put an offering upon it and then let the, let the false prophets dance all around and do all of the things they did to try and call out to their God to answer by fire. No answer. They cut themselves, they danced, they shouted, they did everything. Matter of fact, at one point, Elijah said, maybe your God's asleep. Call out a little louder, yell a little louder, wake him up. <laughs> well, he never woke up. And as the evening time came, when it was about time for the, the sacrifice, Elijah called upon God and God answered by fire. Matter of fact, let me back up in the story just a little. Elijah was so sure that God would answer, he told them to take big barrels and they went down to the sea. They carried the barrels up the mountain, they dumped them on the altar. They dug a pit, they dumped water flowing all around the pit, drenched everything, and then he calls upon God. And guess what? <laughs> God answers by fire, he laps up the offering, he laps up the stone, he laps up all the water, he laps up everything. Elijah looks at the people and said, if God be God, serve him, serve him, and destroyed all of the false prophets. Word filtered back to the king, and guess who got upset? The king's wife, Jezebel. Jezebel was so upset, she sent out word to go kill the prophet. He was so scared of her, he took off running. After God totally answered by fire, he destroyed all the prophets, but then Jezebel, the queen, heard about it. She was so angry, she issued an edict to destroy Elijah. He was scared to death. All of a sudden, he'd stood for God. He was scared to death, and he ran all the way to this brook. By the time he got to the brook, he was so tired, he fell asleep. He wakes up, an angel shakes him, jiggles him, and there's food prepared. He eats the food, he falls back to sleep. Again, the shake. An angel wakes him again and there's more food prepared. He eats that food and now he runs. He heads out for 40 days. He runs and runs and runs to the cave. Elijah ran 
into the cave. After the 40 days, he ran all the way into the cave and he huddled there. He stayed in the cave. And then after a while, in chapter 19 of Kings, it says, and the word of the Lord came to him and said, what are you doing there? Elijah, what are you doing there? You see, God never called him to the cave. God never called him to run. He had represented the king of the universe. There's no power on earth that could stand against God. And now he'd run. And he said, well, I've been very jealous for you, Lord. I've done this and I've done this and I've done this. And he lists this whole litany of things that he'd done for God. And then God says, go for it. Come out of the cave. And he came out of the cave. He said, stand upon the mountain here. And the Lord passed by and the mountain shook, the earth quaked, the rocks fell down. But God wasn't in any of that. And then a mighty wind. God wasn't in the wind. And then it says again, the earth quaked and there was a fire. But God wasn't in the fire. And then in verse 12, it says, after the fire, a still small voice. God spoke to him very gently, very softly. He's the mighty God of the universe. He, he has the power. You know, in, in the New Testament speaks of two types of power, especially the, the ekosia, which is the Greek for the authority of God, and the dunamis, where we get our word from the Greek, the, the dynamite power of God. God is the authority of the creator of everything, and he also has the power to back it up. But he spoke to Elijah now in a still, small voice. And again, he said, what are you doing here? Well, Elijah one more time tries to justify why he'd run and didn't represent God properly. And he again lists a whole litany of things. And then God basically says to him, now it's time to anoint somebody here as, as the new ruler. And it's also time to appoint your successor. <laughs> you know, see, when, when we get kind of carried away with self-importance, God says, okay, it's, it's time to appoint somebody else. And so, Elijah had to go and appoint his successor prophet in the line, but, but he got it. He understood it. He, he knew what was happening, and he understood that still, small voice. And from that time on, he represented God perfectly. God may be speaking to you. It, you know, there may be earthquake, there may be wind, there may be fire to get your attention. But then listen carefully, because God is going to speak to you in a still, small voice. Come unto me, all ye who labor and are heavy laden, I, I will give you rest. I invite you today, come to God. God will give you the rest that you need here on planet Earth to get you through these times. Today, Senator Neff has a beautiful smile, thanks to the Canvasback Dental Team. After his restoration, with a big smile, he joked that his wife didn't even know who the stranger was who came to her home. The impact of Canvasback upon the hearts and lives of these islands is ongoing, but it wouldn't and it won't happen without people like you. As a co-founder, I can guarantee you that your mission dollars go a very long way when partnering with Canvasback. We make those dollars work for you and the people we serve. I invite you to financially partner with us today. Thank you for watching. Please join us again for another exciting impact. Because remember, Canvas Back is changing hearts and lives one miracle at a time.
If you'd like to partner with us, you can write us at 940 Adam Street, Suite R, Benicia, California, 94510. Or you can log on to canvasback.org. Call us at 707-746-7828. And thank you for watching. Please join us again for another exciting adventure. Remember, Canvasback is making an impact, one miracle at a time.